Okay, hello world. This is our podcast again. Wow, you sound so excited. I know. Because <laughs> it's spring break and I'm waiting for all the children to explode and come stomping downstairs to tell me that something like Milo got outside. Oh wait, Milo's outside the door crying. Is he? I just heard him. Squeep! Yeah. <laughs> okay. Squirb! Stop it! Okay, so today we're talking about the 62 MAS. Yes, we are. Do you have it anywhere near me? It's right up there. Where? It's in there. This one? No. No. This what do you one? Mean this one. This one? Yes, congratulations. Ah, there it is. There it is. Okay. Um, so this one used to be ours. And it was. It's the nicest of all four that we have owned over the years. Okay, but then we sold it and yep. it's back here because... we uh, The owner, uh, who's a nice dude, wanted me to change the strap from one to another on it because uh, that's uh, he's because he sent some other stuff in me to me to do and so he's like hey while you're at it can you just swap this strap out so i decided since it's here for me to look at um there it is there it is and we talk about it here is the next generation 6105 so this replaced that I thought it was a sixty-two one five. Well, no, sixty-two one. That's that's a different line. Oh, okay. That's the three hundred meter professional. Oh. With the monoblock. Whenever case. when I was looking at blogs and posts and stuff, people posted this one, then that one, then the sixty-one fifty-nine, and then I stopped looking. Yeah. No, there there. <laughs> that's two different lines of divers. Oh. This is the start of basically what I call. I don't know if anybody else calls it this, but I call it Seiko's mainline divers. That's like sixty-two MAS. Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So were a lot of these bought by P 
people in Vietnam. I know of a, I, I, I know of a couple, um, but not, I mean, not a ton of them that I'm aware of. It may be that they were not available in the sense that they they weren't found. It may be that they were um, bought and then destroyed or worn out. I, I've only seen a couple. But well, it doesn't look as burly as the sixty one hundred five. No, and it's not. It's not. It's still an excellent case design. It's a strong case design. It has a lot of Seiko's future things that they did, but. It's got an acrylic crystal versus the 6105-8000 has hard lux. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's kept in place by by a tension ring inside the plastic crystal versus this, which is actually, you know, has a crystal retaining ring, different different kind of tech. Why does it have an acrylic crystal? Because that was the style at the time. Because that was, that was feared to be sufficient for what this thing needed. I would think that it would flood pretty easily being plastic well i'll tell you this if you look at you look at the loom on this see how beautiful the loom is mm -hmm. it's extremely rare to see one of these with with basically zero patina marks on the loom which is what this has okay because they are not very waterproof oh okay that's interesting um let's see so what's the difference between the 8000 and the 8001 i wish i knew the answer to that Oh come on! Well, no, I don't. I don't really know. I know that there are a couple different. I, well, is there? Well, you know, maybe we should answer the question. Is there a six two one seven eight thousand? I when I looked up online, things said eight thousand and eight thousand one, and I didn't read any further because I assumed you knew. Maybe the eight thousand is the one with the sixty two MAS markings on the dial. Yes, we have to research more. We do have to research more. I, I don't know. Typically, when you have that last number changing. Uh, when it goes from a zero to a one, it talks about JDM or it talks about a world distribution. They may have been doing that at this time. I don't really know. The only real differences I know between any 62MAS and any others is that the very early ones, the first, first ones were called small crowns because they didn't have this big standard 6105 style crown. They had a littler crown. Okay. But they were only made like that for a very short time. Okay, so now that we're talking about the... The crown, how come there are no crown guards? Is it style-wise? And did it flood more, not having the guards there? Uh, uh, I would I would have to believe that it did. Again, I believe that that was the style at the time, was just to have a crown sitting there. There's there's a particular, this case style for the 62 MAS is a pretty ubiquitous one. It's seen a lot in the 1960s. Seiko's next iteration, they must have obviously had problems with the lack of of crown guards because the way they designed this crown, mm -hmm. this one, this is when they dropped the crown to four from three o'clock and they have, they use this beautiful ergonomic setup to have basically crown guards here inside, uh, around the crown without having crown guards. It's actually, it's an amazing design. Because no, I'm looking at that now and I can imagine getting your crown bonked off of you. Oh yeah. Run into something. Oh yeah, and not only that, it's a non-locking crown, so it turns. So you walk it on, bunk it on something, you turn it, water gets in. Okay. This is better, it's the same kind of non-locking crown, but at least it has crown guards. But clearly this was not sufficient because the 8110 has that asymmetric full mm -hmm. thing where it's like you can't even catch on the crown because the case comes out further and it, and it changes, the ergonomics all change completely. And then of course, and it had locking, locking crown. And even that wasn't sufficient. And in the 6309, Seiko went to the first screw down crown for this mid-range diver. Okay. Um, let's see what else did I have written down. Um, why don't you talk about the movement? 
the 6217 movement is a uh, it's an 18,000 bph uh movement it's it's nicely jeweled um it's old school uh in in that in sort of how it was put together um they they can be very accurate they have good power reserve uh the biggest thing that's funky really about them they have the typical Seiko problem with uh, mainspring arbor wear, like especially in the in the main plate, um, and you you can see that even Seiko knew this was an issue because in the high end six two one eight version, that's actually jeweled. It's not jeweled in this one, but it's they knew that it was an issue. But I mean, being that it was a dive watch, they probably considered it fairly expendable, and didn't do that. I think the biggest weirdest thing about them is that their their sort of keyless works is sort of this mess it's a it's a lever with a spring with an in with Seiko with like an integrated uh correction wheel which is sort of the same technology that the 6105 uses and then later 6309 but they hadn't really figured it out and so if you get wear in the if you get wear in the in the in the in the the winding pinion um or any kind of any kind of weirdness in the setting lever, you get this thing where as you're setting the time, you can feel the teeth skipping, kick, 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 kick. It's just one of those things. It's a it's not a very robust design. But that aside, the movement itself is very good. They're accurate. They're accurate. They they keep great power reserve, and I I am a big fan of them. Okay, I have a stupid question that doesn't have to do with this watch in particular. What's the point of jewels? We bought them, you had them made, they're little and they are red. Yes, they're they're <laughs> little and they're red. The the point of jewels and jeweling was something that started in horology good amount of time ago. That back in the like seventeen hundreds. They started making guys would watchmakers were literally watchmakers and they would literally make jewels out of hard stones, precious stones. The reason is is that you want to minimize wear as much as possible. And so if you have something like what we use now is synthetic ruby. If you do something like that, it's not you're not going to have metal on metal. Think of metal on metal as like when the cartilage in your knee goes away and you're having bone on bone wear. Mm -hmm. They're both going to wear against each other and they're going to wear out in the pinion that is going to get smaller and it's going to rattle around and the hole of the bushing, if it's metal, is going to get bigger and you're going to get all this slop, this up and down slop and this side to side. If you have a jewel, then the jewel, I mean, synthetic ruby, it's extremely hard wearing mm -hmm. and you will, you increase the lifespan of, of the movement. You also, it also means that you're going to have less like movement dust and stuff because you're not going to have metal on metal with metal shavings, tiny microscopic metal shavings drifting through the movement because you're removing one place where that is wearing. More jewels generally is better. Yeah. Like Seiko's first Bellmatic was 27 jewels. I mean, they really went for it. This one, this this Rolex I'm wearing, that's 27 jewels. Oh wow! So I mean, that granted, some of them are for the for the date uh, quick set, but you know, they 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 put a lot. You know, more jewels generally are better. Okay. Um, hang on one second. Okay, there was a crisis outside because the dog stole Sebastian's car. And he's still sad, but it's fine. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay, now... So that's the thing with jewels is jewels will extend the life of the movement. Like, 
the jewels that we had custom made mm -hmm. in Switzerland are specifically for the lower mainspring arbor port. The biggest problem with all the 6000 series watches and most basically most of Seiko's watches from this period is that the lower mainspring arbor isn't jeweled and so you get it where the arbor is the axle that the mainspring barrel turns on and it's always winding because almost all of Seiko's stuff is automatic winding which means the winder is always turning which means that arbor is always turning and if you and that is in vast majority of these it's metal on metal and the arbor is stainless steel and the metal that it's sitting in is brass and so as it turns and turns and turns and turns it'll just eat that brass away and it goes mm -hmm. from being a round hole into an oval and then everything starts coming out of alignment and you're getting brass dust spread through the whole movement. But we put in that jewel that we had custom made. That's it. It's a permanent fix. That stops. Oh, okay. Well, now we're going back to talking about the 62 MES. Uh, body bomb looking at my notes. Um, so was it Seiko's first bi-directional bezel? Uh, it's, as far as I understand it, yes. The, um, the silver waves... Oh God! I'm, the thirty meter silverways they had, they had an internal, they had an internal indicator ring, which is it's it's like those other little Seiko divers that we have, mm -hmm. like the sport divers and stuff, and the sushi divers. They have that, or or like the sixty one thirty nines. They have the, the internal. They, yeah, they have this internal indicator ring. It's that's one of that's a real Seiko thing. Okay. To do that because then you have. They wanted to make watches as waterproof as possible and contained as possible, so they had this everything in there. The problem with having an internal indicator ring like this is that in order to use it, if it's anywhere near water, you're turning the crown and that can introduce water into the movement. So that's a problem. Uh, and those silverways, man, you almost those are you just don't see those anymore. We've owned, I think, two. Really? And they were both they were both in pretty rough shape. But this, you have that dive on the outside that means you can manipulate it underwater without worry about the uh getting water in through the crown because you're turning the crown okay um why is there a dolphin case back oh seiko had all kinds of different brandings um for at, at different times the dolphin case back is one that they used a lot they used it on dress watches they used it on these diver watches they used it a lot through the 60s but they also had a whole line called the sea lion Literally had a sea lion. I don't on the case. remember ever seeing. Oh, that. I've I've got some in my portrait. I've seen stores. the wave, obviously. Yeah, there's the wave, and then there's the sea lion, and then there there's a whole bunch of different ones. Seiko was just they just they were all about crazy different brands, branding like sub branding within their stuff, and they like the the Advan line or the or the um, the Seiko Five stuff, which has no internal cohesive driving principle at all. It's just they sort of slap it on stuff. It's so I don't know. It's just kind of funky, but this the dolphin case back on these is the one that people typically look for. There is the other case back, which is the standard horseshoe, and that is the that's the other one one sees. I don't think we've actually ever owned one of the horseshoe ones. Okay, you would know better than me. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> so all of these are marked waterproof. None are marked resist. No, because these were discontinued before the resist change happened. Okay. Um, how hard is relooming these? Because you talk about different kinds of issues. Uh, they're relooming these is pretty similar to relooming a 6105. Uh, in certain ways, it's actually a little bit easier because the 12 marker is just a big square mm -hmm. or a rectangle versus the divided pointed rectangle in the 6105. Mm -hmm. It's the same stuff. It's You've got the challenge of clearing them out 
and then you've got the challenge of getting the right grain size. Unlike the 6105s, the 62 MAS fills were very consistent. They looked the same. They were the same color. They had this like greenish kind of look to them, like this Dany style loom. They were all uh, big grain. Diney. Diney, whatever. <laughs> and they, they had they had the same like half fill, very clean, very flat versus 6105s, which had a lot of variation. I don't reloom a lot of 6217s uh, because they are, one, I don't get too many of them in, and two, unless the loom is destroyed, I usually recommend that the owner leave it because mm -hmm. relooming is going to be such a hit to the value. Okay. Unless the loom is like black and like falling out of the dial. Mm. Uh, okay, my last question is what kind of strap did it come on? Um, there were a bunch of different ones that it came on, but I've officially it came on something very similar to this. It came on the early Tropic straps. Um, it, the the same one actually that uh, that Rolex sent uh, had some of their Submariners on. Okay. But Gaseco hadn't gotten around to creating their own rubber straps yet, as far as I know. That said, I've seen some. I've seen one with an original waffle. Ah. But it's been some time. Okay. Well, that's all my questions or explosions happening. Well, well no, wait, but uh, what do, what? since we're talking about the C2 MAS, what's your opinion of them? We've owned four. Every time I've we've owned one and I've showed it to you, you're like, I don't know. I like them. They're interesting. I prefer the 6105s more. Is that fair of me to compare you the know, two? You, no, sure they are because one is the successor to the other. Um, I prefer the bulkiness of the 6105 and I like how the, the, cr the crown guard, I kind of, now that I'm looking at both of them together, I don't like how the 62 MAS has the the crown exposed. Yeah, I mean, because having an exposed crown, that was also a marker of Rolex. Their first subs had an exposed crown and they had all kinds of problems with it. And that's when they started introducing these big integrated crown guards. Oh, okay. So that's what that's all, that's what that's all so about. So now, yeah, now that I know about the crown guards, it actually sticks out a lot to me that there isn't one on that watch and I don't really I mean, if like you, it. I mean, yeah, it's th that's it's one of the reasons why the 6105-8110 is so great because they really, they they get that a, the beautiful asymmetry that is also functional and that it acts as a full crown guard on both sides. Okay. Pretty cool. Now I'm going to say... Adieu. Peace out because my children are screaming. Alrighty. Okay, so I'm sorry about the canned air. I'm sorry about screaming children. I hope you learned something. Me too. Goodbye. Bye-bye.